grass fed is not the same as grass finished. So um, a, an animal could be grass fed all of its life and then the last bit of it, they can grain feed it till the end to, to actually bring up its weight and jack up the price to be able to get, you know, for the animal to be larger to make more money. Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, the Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Ray Way on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayWay.com coaching. As always, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, and today's guest is Michelle Norris. She's a huge paleo evangelist, and she is so multi-talented, and she is the CEO and co-founder of Paleo FX, and it's the largest paleo event in the world, and it's so exciting to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so bummed because I really wanted to go to Paleo FX this year and I had a wedding that same weekend that I absolutely could not miss. And so I just was like bummed, but I will be there next year for sure. So oh, yeah. you definitely don't want to miss it. <laughs> yes. So tell us about your health journey and how you just became such a passionate advocate for the paleo lifestyle. Yeah, so um, I've been paleo since 2005. Um, my husband was paleo for probably about a year before I, he finally convinced me that I needed to do it. Um, I literally was sick every single time that I ate. And so um, what's interesting is he was online at that time, back in the dial-up days. Um, <laughs> he was online talking to um Rob Wolf and Art Devaney, and they were talking about um, paleo and um, celiac and that type of thing. And so Keith was convinced just by my symptoms that I probably had some form of celiac. And so um, he went paleo and actually was able to um, uh, eliminate a high blood pressure issue that he had uh, that was, was supposedly genetic. And because um, nothing that he did seemed to help it, like he stopped drinking coffee, salt, all of, you know, all of the normal things that they tell you to do to get your, your blood pressure under um, control. So he did this. And then um, what was interesting is I'm a trained chef and my specialty mm. at that time was Italian. So I made my own homemade pizza dough and pasta and all of that. Wow. And so what, in what was interesting is when Keith went paleo, if I made anything for dinner that was not something he could eat, he would make his own dinner. 
And so this went on for like a year and he would tell me from time to time when I would be, you know, complaining about how bad my stomach hurt or how bad I felt or how brain fogged I was or anything. I really, you know, I, you, I think you have celiac and everything and you should probably get that checked out. And maybe try out this paleo diet thing. So I decided um, after I got tested and I tested negative, the doctor actually wanted to, because I was explaining my symptoms and they matched, he was like, I really think you do have the celiac. He said, so what we want to do is do a um, biopsy of your colon. And I thought, um, no, <laughs> how about I just take this out of my diet and we see how that works. So um, that's what I did. And after three weeks, literally all my symptoms were gone. Wow. And oddly, that's of course too, all of the symptoms of early onset rheumatoid arthritis were also gone. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and anybody out there that knows anything about rheumatoid arthritis understands that it goes into remission. It does not, you don't, it just doesn't go away. Um, I don't have it at all. So that was a complete misdiagnosis. And what was interesting is I also had some really low back pain and knee pain that I didn't even recognize that I had until it was gone. Mm -hmm. And so that was gone. And, um, our son played um, select baseball and they had been out of season for about 12 weeks. So I hadn't seen any of the parents for about 12 weeks. And at about six weeks of being paleo, I'm back down to a little bit lower than a size six. They saw all of us, we saw each other for the first time after all this, after 12 weeks. And um, everybody kept going, oh my God, you look amazing. You've lost so much weight. You look so healthy. Your skin's so glowing. Like, Well, I was gonna say, your skin is really gorgeous. I was gonna ask you, I said, I mean, if you're listening to this, um, you, you can also watch this as well. But if you look at our skin, it is truly glowing right now. So. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I was just, they were all just asking me and I hadn't done anything. I was just eating paleo. And so I hadn't even been trying to lose weight, which, you know, you get on those little kicks when you, you know, let, I gotta lose weight, I gotta lose 10 pounds, I've got this coming up or that coming up or whatever. And I hadn't done that. And um, I have not fluctuated in weight since then, um, except for up or down about four pounds. And um, very, you know, just very little, oh, since that time other than a, a health issue that came up in 2015 and and i battled that for two uh, about two years and i'm finally um doing okay with it but um yeah so that's that's really um it's interesting because when all of those parents were saying you look so amazing you've done you know that was when the light bulb went off for me that's in fact that's the moment keith says a paleo evangelist was born because i recognized this was information that could actually help people and I was like oh crap so the denial went away the being angry went away and then I you know just decided that I was going to start helping people figure this out I stopped writing for all of the other websites and I created my own website at that time that I no longer have because I don't have time <laughs> so, so anyway it's um but yeah that's kind of how everything got started so tell us what your diet is like. Like talk to us very specifically about like, let's talk about what you ate yesterday. And also, would you say that you're paleo 100% of the time? Like I know some people who are like, you know, I'm paleo, but I 
eat a little bit of dairy here or there. Or they might say, I'm paleo, but you know, maybe once a month I'll kind of have like a cheat day. Um, you know, some people uh, are paleo. You know, one of the things that's funny lately I've been hearing, uh, and for me personally, um, the majority of my diet is paleo as well, but I don't do well with eggs. I don't feel good when I eat eggs. I love them and I wish I could, but unfortunately, I'm kind of the same way with, you know, celiac. I just, I feel terrible. I have some issues that come up when I eat eggs. So I would say I'm, I'm paleo, but I don't, some people do dairy, a little bit of dairy. I don't do any dairy and I don't do eggs either. So what would you say that is for you? Okay. So this is the thing. There's, there's two things. There's paleo and then there's primal. And primal mm-hmm. is that you do, you do everything that, that paleo does, but then you can do dairy. Mm-hmm. And the dairy is only if you are actually able to, you don't have issues with it, you can actually consume it. Um, the thing is, is that there's a lot of people that cannot. Um, I am one of the people that has the, I've got an enzyme in my makeup, that my genetic makeup, that I break down dairy and I don't have any issues with it. The other part of that too is there's so many people that believe that they're um, lactose intolerant or casein intolerant when in actuality, what the problem is, is the way that we process our dairy here. Mm. We do um, ultra high pasteurization, which is really high temperatures. And we destroy all of the good enzymes and all the good bacteria that is in dairy. And then what we do is we fortify it and we put back in synthetic vitamins to fortify the milk. And we also do homogenization, which also is another process that breaks down the dairy and the proteins. And also um, because we do this um, fortifying with these um for shelf life and for lots of reasons, but we fortify it with synthetic vitamins. Your body doesn't recognize those and cannot break those down. And so the problem is a lot of people who think they're lactose intolerant really are intolerant to the synthetics that have and the way that we process dairy. So raw dairy can be a really great alternative for people Mm -hmm. to check out and um, to try and see if they do okay with it. Not everybody's going to do okay with it. If you have the genetic makeup for it, then you you can you can break that down, and you're not going to have a problem with dairy. And most people who like travel overseas into Europe and everything, where they don't have ultra high pasteurization and homogenization like we do, and don't do all the stuff we do to our foods here, can usually eat grains and gluten and all of that stuff over there because it's completely different than the way that we um, process everything here and a completely different type of wheat over there that uh, compared to what we have we have what we call dwarf wheat which is very fast growing super high gluten content um, wheat and they don't use that same wheat they use some uh, they use the wheat that our grandparents used way back in the day when when bread and 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 wheat and all of that stuff didn't actually really harm us because we didn't have to. Gluten is just so harsh. Um, it's harsh for anybody, even if you don't have a gluten issue, you will eventually have a problem at some point, more than likely. And from what is um, the science is showing, you will likely at some point have a problem with gluten, even if you if you currently don't. So um, my diet is um, is pretty clean. 
I am not perfect by any means. I don't, um, I will cheat definitely. Um, and this is the, this is the thing that's come up for me. My diet is actually not really, uh, not much longer true paleo, what people would call very true paleo. Um, I eat a modified Mediterranean keto diet. And the reason for this is that I've had my genetics run and found out that I have APOE 3-4, which 3-4 or 4-4 on the APOE um, genetic SNP is the genetic SNP for early onset Alzheimer's. My grandmother died of Alzheimer's. So um, this is something that I have to be very aware of. And so I have had to shift my diet from a real full paleo diet, which has a lot of saturated fat in it, um, where I actually felt feel really good. I don't feel bad. I feel um, great. My cognitive um, um, uh, performance is really pretty good. The problem is, is long-term, it will cause me cognitive issues. So um, my risk factor is at 30%. And of course, having already had a, you know, a family member die of Alzheimer's that, um, and actually I believe on both sides, my grandmother's on both sides, my father and my mother's side, both had Alzheimer's when they died. Um, and so, um, that's something that I have to be very mindful of. And so I have switched to that where I do a lot more monounsaturated fats, um, and very little saturated fat. And so give people examples of that. So a lot of olive oil, a lot of avocado oil, no coconut oil, um, no coconut, no dairy, um, which is a, kind of a travesty because I have the enzyme to break it down. And it's one of my favorite things is dairy, but I don't do, um, I, I don't do butter and I don't do any kind of dairy or whatever. I do very little cheese occasionally. Um, but I'm really trying to actually knock that completely out where I'm not having that anymore. And so um, I've found all, some alternative cheeses, which are really great. I know, um, I think you have a question coming up for me on that um, in a little while about cheese. Um, and um, so uh, almond cheese and cashew cheese, um, they're both made from cashew milk and almond milk. Amazing, they taste great. In fact, Siete, um, the company Siete who makes the cassava tortilla chips that are just like crack yeah, for me. Those are good. Yeah. I like those. Those are good. They have a new queso out. They have a Blanco and a cheddar, um, queso and mm. both of those are made with, um, nut milks. Wow. So I haven't seen those. Um, where, like what department are they in? Are they with the other dairy? Yes, they're by the dairy and they're usually refrigerated because those do need to be refrigerated, but they are so good. You cannot tell the difference between them and regular cheese and they're so good. And if you have, don't have any issues with nuts, then this is a really great alternative. And the other part of it too is that those both are, those nuts are both low in saturated fats and higher in monounsaturated fats. The only thing too that you have to worry about is that you wanna make sure you're staying away from the omega-6s, which is the polyunsaturated fats. And so those, do you have a little bit of that? So I wouldn't do it every day, but like having some of that cheese, you know, once a week or every couple of weeks, it that's a, a great cheat and is something that won't cause you usually um, health issues. So do you have any brands? Um, you know, every once in a while I'll experiment. The other day um, I had, a. have you heard of the Friendship brand of dairy, like Friendship? There's a brand called Friendship and it's 
um, it's a brand of dairy and I just had a little bit of cottage cheese because for some reason I was like I'm really craving cottage cheese and so like I said 95% of the time I don't have dairy but once in a while I'll just be like I'm having some and I had it and I felt amazing so is there any brands of dairy that you would say hey these brands maybe are better because the cows that they're doing they're you know antibiotic free uh, hormone-free and you know I can eat digest this easier and it's not so ultra pasteurized like we talked about do you know any brands that you go if I'm gonna have dairy here's my go-to um yes so here I'm not sure if they're available very in every everywhere but there's um uh, it's called Mel King um, and they uh, do low heat pasteurization, no homogenization. They don't fortify. And um, so you're getting as close to raw as you can legally. And so, and raw dairy, by the way, is um, you would need to check your own um, area. I think it's rawmilk.org. And you can check and find out in wherever you live whether or not raw milk is available in your state and how it can be purchased. Um, some places you can get it right at the grocery store. Um, in the state of Texas, in order to get raw milk, you have to go to the farmer. And so um, so having uh, this dairy available in some of the grocery stores here, milking, which is great, which is low heat pasteurization, is a great alternative. The Maple Hill Creamery is uh, a really great one. And they um, it's super clean dairy and really great tasting and they have excellent ice cream too mm. the other one is um the other one that i like um and I, it's not even available here but it is available in a lot of places um is strauss um farms i think it's strauss farms or dairy um kite hill creamery is an alternative dairy um and they are that's amazing and they actually make nut milk products like sour cream and that kind of thing um, which is really good and it tastes like the same. It tastes like the real thing. Talk to us about what are some of your favorite paleo goodies and snacks? Like, do you have any like go-tos that you're like, if you come over, you're always gonna see A, B, C, D. What, what are those things you've always seen in your pantry and fridge? You're always going to see Siete chips in my <laughs> pantry. And the queso. Yeah, and the queso. And you're gonna see, I love Epic Bars. Um, Epic bars are in one of my favorites. And then there is a, um, oh goodness, I can't think of the name of it right now. They actually came to PaleoFX and launched at PaleoFX and they're not even on the market yet, but they're going to be here really soon. And I'll send you the information on okay. that. It's pecan butter and beef sticks. And that sounds really weird, but the combination of the two of them together are incredible. I was just like blown away. That's another thing is like pecan butter is also another one that's lower in saturated fats, a little bit higher in monounsaturated fats. But again, any kind of nut has omega sixes, so you got to be careful with that, not eating a ton of it. But um, so those are that's another one that when it's available on the market right now, I have just my stash from Pillow FX <laughs> that I was able to get from them. But um, when it goes on the market, I can guarantee you that one will be in my um, pantry all the time. I almost always have some type of uh, really good chocolate. Um, Corsau is a good one. Um, Taza chocolates, love them. Um, I like Q, 
which is <clears throat> like Hugh Kit, part of Hugh Kitchen, which is up in up in New York and everything. I'm not sure where all they are at, but I know for sure they're in New York. Their chocolate is amazing. Mm. And um, I have just a little bit of that too, because of course the saturated fat. So I have to watch that intake there. So, but those are the treats that you're gonna find usually in my house. And I always have fruit. Mm. All right, let's jump right into the questions. This next one is from Nora in Houston. She says, I ate 100% paleo before I had my daughter while I was pregnant. I kind of stopped and ate whatever I want. She is one month old and I'm ready to start working on my post baby bod. Paleo worked really well for me in the past, but my friends are saying that it's not good for breastfeeding mothers. Is that true? And how can I be sure my baby is getting everything she needs? Nora in Houston. Okay, so um, we've had a lot of babies now born into the paleo sphere um, who their parents are, are, you know, would be, I would say, I don't know very many people that are 100% paleo because it's kind of difficult. But at the end of the day, um, there's, there's a lot of people who are almost, you know, very, very strict about the way that they eat and their paleo and have had children. And I have seen that those children are probably the strongest babies that I've ever seen. Like they can actually lift their heads um, at a very, like, very, very, very early, which is, mm. you know, not common and that they, um, they do very, very well. Breastfeeding at, at paleo breastfeeding, in my opinion, is probably one of the healthiest things you can do for your baby. Now, you're also an individual. You're completely unique and so is your baby. So my recommendation is talking to your pediatrician and to your doctor. And you need to make sure that you have some type of functional medicine doctor, pediatrician, integrative doctor who actually understands paleo and does not have the, the whole saturated fat mentality about that because that's that means, and honestly, if you have a doctor that, that still touts that crap, run as far away from them as possible because that clearly shows that they're not doing any homework. They are not up on science. They are not at all abreast of what's happening. Um, no pun intended there. Um, but my, my recommendation would be to talk to your doctor and find out if everything's okay for you and your baby. But anybody telling you that that's, it is not healthy, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I, I've seen the healthiest babies I've ever seen in my entire life are come from paleo parents and and are being breastfed while the mother is still paleo. And um, the only thing that I would say is you want to make sure that you are getting all the nutrients that you possibly need um, to make sure that your baby's getting all the nutrients that they need. Um, but it's that's totally not true. Um, and there's a lot of paleo parents out there that you know, you can look at paleomom.com, um, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, and um, Sarah Fergoso, and a lot of parents that have done um, Isabella Wentz. Um, these are all people that have had children that are paleo. So great. Okay, Anna in North Carolina. I struggle with psoriasis and have found that intermittent fasting combined with paleo diet have really helped clear that up. I'm feeling and looking so much better. The only thing I truly miss in my diet is cheese. It's my favorite food group, LOL. I've heard that if I want to reintroduce some cheeses that there are some better than others, such as goat cheese. 
Is that true? Is goat cheese the way to go? And what else do you recommend? Okay. So going back to the cheeses and everything, goat cheese is definitely um, can be um, non-inflammatory for some people that actually can't handle dairy. Um, so my the thing that I would look at is find out if you know what your genetics are and you have the enzyme for um, breaking down dairy, then I would look at raw milk dairy. And raw milk cheese is available widespread. You there's no you can get that anywhere at any grocery store. You just need to look and see that the cheese is raw milk cheese. And so I would try that out and see if you do okay. One of the things that you want to do is you don't want to take it while you're taking you know eating any other inflammatory foods that could be causing any issues. So you want to try it out, see how you feel, and then, you know, move on. Um, give yourself a few days before you do anything else that could possibly be inflammatory so that you know for sure one way or the other if this is inflammatory or if it's not. Again, if you don't have any issues with any type of nut milks or anything like that, that's an excellent alternative. And let me just say, they're really good. I am really impressed with how good some of these cheeses from nut milks taste. And um, so that's what I would do is I would just test out some of those things. And I would try the Siete if you can, if it's in your grocery store, you can probably look around and find out um, where you can get it in your area. But Siete um, quesos are so good. Like, mm, I can't wait to try them. Yeah. They're, they're really good. So those are the things that I would do. But yeah, goat milk, goat's milk cheese is definitely, an, you know, definitely try that and see if that works for you. How you feel. All right, Lisa in Massachusetts. Can you please help settle this debate between me and my husband? I've always heard that nuts are allowed in the paleo diet, while he claims they're off limits because they're legumes. The internet shows conflicting answers. Who is right? Okay. So, um, this is the deal. The only nut that's a legume is a peanut. And so mm. peanuts are definitely out for paleo. And one of the things, um, with peanuts is that they have, um, uh, antitoxins in them, lectins and, um, these, uh, phytotoxins that you definitely want to stay away from. They also have a mold that cannot be cooked out of them. So you can't get away from it. It's a, it, the, that's one thing that I would definitely um, look at. If you go to um, the Whole30 website, they have a legume. You can just even Google it, legume manifesto. Um, you'll see why you want to stay away from peanuts and um, some legumes. So this is the thing. Nuts and seeds are definitely and absolutely part of the paleo diet. Um, and so the thing is, is that there are a lot of inflammatory issues regarding nuts. It doesn't, uh, so some people can eat them and some people cannot. Now, they, as far as being paleo and everything, if you look on the Paleo FX floor and we have all the banned ingredients in our, um, so our exhibitors that come onto our floor are not allowed to bring banned ingredients. That would be the legumes. That would be the um, peanuts. Yeah, the peanuts. So those are the things, but almonds, pecans, um, walnuts, um, particularly macadamia nuts, cashews, those are all, those are all fine. You, again, you just want to limit them to a very small amount in your diet because of the fact that they have omega-6s and you want to keep your omega-3, omega-6 ratio uh, as, you know, close as you possibly can. 
Um, we do a lot of foods in, um, particularly in America, that have lots of omega sixes. So you want to try to like stay away from that. But um, nuts and seeds are absolutely paleo. Hey guys, we absolutely love getting your questions into the podcast, but we're also interested in your journey. So if you've started intermittent fasting and have some success or even struggling a little bit, we want to hear about it. Email me your intermittent fasting stories to Chantel at ChantelRayWay.com. Now back to the show. Um, Julie in Northern Virginia, do you have any tips for buying good quality meat on a budget? Are there some meats that are more important to worry about buying organic or grass-fed? And what does grass-fed even mean, LOL? I want to do what's best for my family, but I'm also working on keeping my budget manageable. Any other grocery hacks? Julie in Northern Virginia. Um, I'm tr- okay. So I can't remember who did. I want to say it's Rob Wolf. Rob Wolf did an entire um, thing, so you can go to his website about um, uh, paleo on a budget. And there's a couple of people that have done a lot of stuff on on. Um, it's Aletha Smith is so you, if you just um, it's O L E A T H A Smith. If you do a Google search of her, you're going to be able to bring up, and then like maybe budget paleo, you're going to be able to bring up hers and then do budget paleo. You could probably bring up Rob's that way as well. Um, my recommendation, grass-fed can be um, problematic. Grass-fed is not the same as grass-finished. So um, a an animal could be grass-fed all of its life, and then the last bit of it they can grain feed it till the end to, to actually bring up its weight and jack up the price to be able to get, you know, for the animal to be larger to make more money. So looking for grass finished is a better um, um, way to, to go. My recommendation is find someone in your area. If you have farmer's markets or farmer's markets close by, a lot of times you can find a cow share or a, um, you know, meat share of some type, and that's always going to be the best op, uh, the best meat, and it's going to be a better price um, because you're taking part in this meat share. So those are those are the things I would definitely look for when you are trying to do this on a budget. The other thing is too is that Costco has um, a lot of um, organic and grass-fed um, and pastured meats, and so. This is just a sign of our times that we're starting to see this happening is that you see, you're going to see a whole lot more organic and grass-fed and pastured um, food available because of the demand for it. So the more that we demand it, the more those prices are going to end up ultimately dropping because there's going to be more um, uh, producers that will come into the mix. The thing is, is that at the end of the day, make the best choice and don't worry about it. You need to just do what's best for your family as, and make the best possible choices that you can at the moment. But don't beat yourself up if you cannot afford, because grass-fed meats right now can be um, a little bit pricey on the more fine cuts like you know steaks and that type of thing. Stick to roasts, stick to larger um things like that and you're going to have you're going to have better pricing with, with regards to those same thing with um you can really get pretty good grass-fed um ground grass-fed meat um prices if you have a sprouts near you they usually have once or twice a month they usually have the grass-fed meats on sale and that's 
they're, they're by far one of the best places where I would say to get meats and everything. And you usually get a really great price. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, make the best possible choice you can for yourself and for your family and for your budget. And don't worry about that part so much. It's if you're sticking to that and staying away from processed foods, that's probably what's more important for your overall health and your family's health than anything else. So those are the things that I would really focus on. All right, Kim in Washington State. I have a couple questions about supplements. I'm trying to improve my health in 2019. I eat paleo 90% of the time and do intermittent fasting five days a week. The next thing I want to incorporate is supplements, but I'm overwhelmed with all the different supplements that are available and everyone recommends something different. Money is the other issue. I don't want to spend so much money on supplements. Uh, She says also, if I fast until 12 o'clock each day and I heard that supplements on an empty stomach can make you sick, should I wait until I'm in my eating window? Kim in Washington State. Okay. So um, I, I'm just full disclosure. I'm involved in a supplement company. And um, I would not be involved in this company if I honestly did not believe that the products that they um, provided were the best. And um, so I want to just be really right up front with you about that. One of the things that I love about this company is that the nutrition that is provided is provided through an online assessment that is all backed by science. Um, It is everything when you um, submit your, you have a free online assessment, so you don't have to buy anything, but you can find out what what you particularly need takes into account your medical conditions and any medications that you might be on because there's a lot of contraindication with that. There's also lots of a contraindication between supplements. So there are some supplements that should not be taken together. Um, For women, particularly, if you're taking any kind of thyroid medication, you should not be taking your thyroid medication within a couple of hours of also taking any type of um, vitamins and minerals, particularly vitamin C. And um, so that's one of the things that this assessment knows and puts into um, the thing. So it will separate out, if you're on thyroid medication, it'll separate out your vitamins and minerals or give you a dose that's low enough that there won't cause a problem um, because they can end up ultimately blocking each other. You cannot be getting the nutrient and you cannot be getting your thyroid at the same time if you're taking them together. Problem is our doctors don't know all of this stuff. So. Um, the um, protocol that's uh, available here is also something that you can control because you can decide, okay, these are the things that I want to go ahead and get now. And then maybe later all I can add to this. The assessment is, can be changed on a dime by you because if anything changes, you can go in and change it and it automatically will change um, what you have, um, what you are, are getting. And um, so it's really very cost effective. There's also some um, packages where they where they allow if you just need some uh, particular type of um, supplements or you feel like these are the things that you're missing, you can go in and buy those just those packs too. So th- those are all there. Then the other thing is is it's not just done by your assessment, but you can also get your DNA done. And it gives you the best options for, you know, your DNA, um, how to work out, how to eat, all of those kind of things. So my, um, so that's just full disclosure. I'll tell you that's, I honestly. And what is the name of that company? Um, my, it's ID Life Wellness. 
And um, they've been at PaleFX, they've been a sponsor, and you can get a 10% discount using the code PFX10, um, but it's ID Life Wellness, all one word, I-D-L-I-F-E wellness.com. And um, it, go and take the free assessment and look at everything that they, you can just look at the stuff that they offer and, um, you know, and there's a way to contact me through that as well if you have questions or anything like that. But um, that's, in my opinion, one of the best ways to do it because it's all backed by science. It It's all scientific. It's not me there, you know, you do a quiz and then it funnels you into, you know, three possible things, which is what most people are most companies that say they're customized or personalized. That's usually what they do is that they funnel you into three weighting categories. This is zero base. So that means that as soon as you start the assessment, it starts building yours. It doesn't, it does not funnel you to something. So it is truly customized to the individual. It's also dose specific to the person. So like um, if I go into GNC and I pick up a bottle of vitamin uh, A off of the um, off the shelf and then my husband walks in and picks up the same bottle, it's not going to tell him to take a different dose of vitamin A than it's going to tell me. And that's a little bit ridiculous if you think about it because he's a 210-pound man who works out six days a week and is a former bodybuilder, has 10 point, I think it's less than that now, 10% body fat. I am a menopausal woman that works out three times a week and sometimes can't do that because I'm, you know, I have thyroid issues and all of that. So why are we being told to take the same thing and at the same dose? Same thing goes for like my grandmother. If she walked into GNC, same thing. She'd be being told to take the same dose that my husband's taking. Mm. That's a little bit crazy, but that's what we allow. That's, you know, what we've been doing. This is specifically customized to you, the individual. And then of course, if you throw in your genetics, that, that part's there as well. But um, I personally, um, my thought process is also that you, yes, there are a lot of people that if you take any kind of vitamins or nutrients on an empty stomach, you're going to end up sick and feeling pretty lousy. So yes, you should take them during your eating window. Um, and that just depends on what time, you know, what time you end up um, eating. And this is the thing you said five days a week. Personally, I intermittent fast as well, but I intermittent fast whenever my body tells me to. So I would look at not doing it a set time or a, a amount of days per week is you do it according to how your body feels and what your body is asking you to do, because your body is a complete diagnostic tool. It'll tell you what it needs. And if it needs to eat, and this is your normal intermittent fasting day. Don't deny. Don't 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 argue with your body. Do what your body is asking you to do. And so my that's one of the things that I do is I intermittent fast almost every single day um, of the week. But then some days I'll wake up and I'm hungry and I listen to my body and I do what it asks because mm. at the end of the day it has a mechanism for telling you what it needs. And so I you need to listen to it. Mm, that's great. Well, I wish, thank you so much for being on the show, and I wish I could have been at Paleo FX. Tell us, um, like, you guys have missed it for this year, but have you announced a date for next year, and where can people learn more about you uh, to get information on Paleo FX? Yes, so Paleo FX is set for the 24th through the 26th of 2020. 
Um, it's the same weekend as this year, last weekend of April, um, the day before Help Entrepreneur FX event. For those of you that are in um, the health and wellness space, not necessarily a health practitioner, but if you're anybody that's in the space of wanting to help people get healthier, even if you're creating a food or a treat or whatever that's a healthier alternative, these are the entrepreneurs that we want to support. And so that's why we created Health Entrepreneur FX. So that's on the 23rd, the day before Paleo FX. And they can go to paleofx.com. And um, we have, um, I really great. Um, if you get go on there right now, the pricing right now is I think we're in our early bird pricing. So um, mm -hmm. you'll definitely want to check that out if you want to come. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and um, there's there's nothing that beats being at the live event. So. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And your blog on Paleo FX is really fantastic you've got some great questions one of the ones i've i was looking on there uh and it has you have one blog on there it's called constipation cures five natural ways to fix your poo and i love that there are some really great tips on there because you know for me i'm always like struggling yeah i think honestly a little bit because if you do have a paleo diet um i think sometimes you know, because you're not maybe having that grains, if you're not really having a lot of greens, like really putting that fiber in, you can have a problem with constipation. Do you agree? Oh yeah, you definitely can. One of the things though too, is that you need to look at your deficiencies. So getting mm -hmm. your blood biomarkers and knowing where you're at and having like, um, figuring out if you've got some type of um, deficiencies, you know, there's a lot of people that are really deficient in um, vitamin B, vitamin D, and magnesium and potassium and those type of things. And so those are really easy fixes if you just um, are checking and getting those things done. And there's so many great um, places out there now that have opportunities for you to get your blood work. If you don't have some type of insurance that covers your blood work or whatever, that you can get your blood markers done um, fairly reasonably and um, through some of these, um, like Everly Well is a great one. Um, there's so many good ones that are out there. Um, but I would just check out um, and make sure that you don't have some deficiencies happening because mm -hmm. generally your body should be able to process and take care of all of that. The other thing is too is do you need, um, do you have digestive enzymes happening helping you break down the okay. foods that you're consuming so i would definitely be looking into doing some really good digestive enzymes as well because if you're not producing um if you're not pr producing um gastric acids in your stomach and that's very prevalent for a lot of people now especially with the amount of toxin uh, exposure that we have in our daily lives and just in, in the environments um i would definitely take a look at some of those things Yes, I love it. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being on our show. You've been an absolute pleasure. And I just thank you so much with everything that you're doing with Paleo FX. I mean, people just rave about it. I was just, it's like, you know, have you heard of that, you know, FOMO, like fear of missing out? Like if you're not there, you definitely are missing out. And I will definitely see you guys next year at the Paleo FX conference. Thanks so much, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was, it was a lot of fun. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantalRayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to chantelrayway.com slash coaching. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.